Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. There's a story of the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, who went into a town and in the course of events they threw stones at him. And the angels came and asked the Prophet what he wanted them to do in retribution for what had occurred. And he said, don't do anything. Their children will be my followers. The attitude and the ability not to take retribution, not to want to lash out at an inappropriate uh, action, takes an enormous amount of courage. And it takes a certain state of being within a person to be able to do that. Now, Hadith has it that the angels came to the Prophet when he was a child and cleansed him of the Satan within him, cleansed him of the nefs, cleansed him of that proclivity towards evil. So he didn't have it. It was taken from him. So he could react that way because the influence that wants that retribution, or maybe more precisely, needs that retribution, was no longer within him. Imagine seeing two animals in conflict and one of them just walking away from the situation as opposed to neither one uh, giving up their ground until it was evident that severe damage was going to occur. Imagine one walking away from the situation just so the conflagration uh, would not occur. Jesus said, and everybody knows that he said, turn the other cheek. Uh, learn to walk away from things. Learn not to need to defend situations. Now, this of course is a very, very subtle understanding of things uh, because you can't walk away every time. Uh, you need to know when it's important to stand your ground and when it's important to walk away. Uh, there came a time when the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, <clears throat> went to war against Mecca. But it didn't come for a long time. But it did in fact come. So when do we walk away? And when do we hold our ground? Well, these situations are all dependent on the level we've reached and how we can see uh, 
um, what is actually occurring. There was uh, a situation in Sri Lanka where a man attacked Bawa with a knife. Uh, nothing happened. Uh, it was stopped. But Bawa didn't punish the man. Uh, he tried to soothe him. Can you imagine that someone attacks you with a knife and then you try to soothe them? Now, that can only occur when the Satan, the evil inclination, has been cleansed out. Because otherwise, we see things in an entirely different way. We see the need uh, to punish, the need to protect our honor, the need to protect our standing, the need to protect our position, the need to protect our place, the need to protect. When do we come to the place where Allah is our protector. There's a story about Abu Bakr sitting in front of the Prophet and there were a group of people complaining about him to the Prophet. And Abu Bakr sat quietly and didn't say anything in response. And while he was sitting quietly, the Prophet was smiling when he began to defend himself the prophet was frowning and after this was over Abu Bakr said to the prophet why were you smiling while they were rebuking me and I was silent and why were you frowning when I defended myself the prophet responded to him that while you were silent, the angels were defending you. And I saw them and heard them defending you. And when you began to defend yourself, they stopped. And we lost the presence of the angels. So, when do we allow ourselves to be put into the protection of the angels? When is our faith so strong that we allow ourselves to be protected by Allah? When is our faith so strong that we let the unseen take care of the situation and we can walk from it without feeling somehow soiled or somehow denigrated or somehow spat upon or somehow lessened because we walked away? What when, when can we get to the station where we see the dignity and the elevated state in walking away? Now, these are things we can't speak about in generalities. Uh, there are the general rules, but there's also you know, the individual situations. And some situations take responding to. Some situations take defending. Um, we need to understand all of that. But it all comes down to 
realizing that we are other than animals. And just because we live in a species that is populated by people who look like humans but are in fact animals doesn't mean that we have to fall to that animal level, to that animal behavior, to that animal way of being. Um, it's unfortunate that the state of man has denigrated uh, to a degenerate level in many circumstances and to an animal level in many circumstances. And this is why some very sensitive ones run away from society. But you know, it is not really good to be overly sensitive towards what happens to you. And this is what causes so many problems. When someone is very, very sensitive to themselves, they come to conclusions that anything that they do to defend that pain that they're feeling becomes appropriate. And then they act with a very strong conviction that since they have felt pain, they can react any way they want and every action in defense of trying to keep that pain away from them is appropriate. Problem with that is that they're living a totally egocentric life. They feel themselves, but they don't feel anybody else. And we have to begin to think about how what is the state of our empathy? What is the state of our ability to feel other people? Mbawa talked about feeling others' hunger. He didn't say, do you feel your own hunger? He said, do you feel others' hunger? Do you feel others' pain? Do you feel others' difficulties? You see, when we can bridge that place of only being in touch with our own self and our own difficulties, when we can bridge that to where we extend into feeling other difficulties and others' pain and others' hunger, we become a different sort of being. We move from one place to the next. If you read Bauer's explanations of consciousness. There's seven of them. And they move along. Which means if we are going to get to those higher levels of consciousness, it should be evident that we have to move through the lower levels of consciousness and not be stuck in the manner that that consciousness puts us. So if we want to be stuck, if we're going to be stuck in the intellect, which is a tool 
that we have internally to accomplish things for ourselves and we see this as the highest level of being then we are constantly going to be doing things for ourselves in the same way that an animal does but when judgment comes and we begin to realize that there's something else besides the building up and aggrandizement of the self when there's something else that's going on then we can create a space between our drama and our true self until that space between our drama and our true self is created then our drama is our life and we spend all of our time with that drama trying to fix it trying to go through it trying to reconcile it trying to relieve ourselves of it but it's like watching the soaps the soap operas on television one thing that you'll notice about the soap operas if you watch it all is they don't end and the plot lines don't end and the complications don't end every time one seems to reconcile itself another new one comes up and erupts that's even more profound and difficult and 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 and, and earth-shattering than the previous one because they have to keep you watching if everything resolved itself you wouldn't be watching well satan wants to keep you within the drama because if you left the drama you'd have time for god but he doesn't want you to have time for god he wants you to be involved in the drama so the drama becomes greater and greater and greater and we need larger hits of drama in order to maintain that kind of a consciousness and what happens to us is that's what we become used to and that becomes the way we are and we then become uncomfortable when we're without drama and there are people lots of people who when their life becomes too calm create crap incite crap bring it on themselves because they can't handle the break from their drama there's no excitement in their life and they see this earthly interaction and these earthly difficulties and these earthly stresses and strains as the reason they're alive it would make it's what makes them feel they're involved in something so there are people who love to fight because it gives them some kind of high there are people who love to be angry because it gives them some kind of high there are people who don't know how not to be in pain because they're comfortable in feeling sorry for themselves there are all these different manifestations of what occurs when we live within drama but we need to relieve ourselves of drama 
and we need to come to the place of peace. And we need to realize that if we can come to the place of peace, there's a whole other reality that exists as you become peaceful. There's a whole other world to go to as you become peaceful. But a prerequisite of getting there is getting to the point of peace in your existence. Drama, no God. Peace, possibility of entering reality. So we have to choose between drama, the excitement of existence, the, the spectacular emotional ups and downs that we can go through, which keep us trapped within the lower levels of consciousness, or enter into the road of peace, which comes out at reality, which comes out at the splendor that is and are the qualities of Allah, which bring contentment and peace to us, and then elevate you in a way that you've never experienced before, because you haven't been in the state that could experience that. So, as we go through our daily life, we have to look at all of these things, and we have to measure them. And then, we have to enter into a state that is mature enough to figure out what is best for us, and then take those steps. May Allah help us all understand that. May he help us become mature. May he take us to the place of peace. And may he take us towards him, towards his qualities, and the treasure that is our Lord. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.